0: On the nation's festive calendar, Father's Day arrived late, more than 50 years after Mother's Day got a presidential blessing. Since then, the predictable blitz of neckties and sports gear for dad has almost caught up with the sentimental deluge of flowers and chocolates for mom. But. Fewer than half of American kids now live in traditional nuclear American families and as President Obama's pointed out, that figure is even lower for black children. For poor and working class fathers trying to keep their families together, the odds are tough and the battle is relentless. It is their story, the story of four dads, black, brown and white, that's told in Daddy Don't Go. It's a documentary premiering on Vimeo on Father's Day. Actor Omar Epps is an executive producer, and for him, it's more than a film project. It's a piece of his story, of his life, lived, as he puts it, with a heroic mother and a missing father. What message do you want to put out there for Father's Day in this documentary?
1: To activate, that would be the word, Uh Fathers worldwide to uh, to activate and you know within their fatherhood by being present in today's society. I think the, the traditional family structure has sort of been eviscerated, certainly within impoverished communities. And um, there's there's one thing to be someone's biological father or don- donor, if you will, but there's another thing to actually actively father a child and take uh, the the reins of that responsibility.
0: The story follows forefathers of different racial and backgrounds, different family situations, but all of them are struggling to make a living. All of them are struggling to keep their relationships going with their children.
1: And that's that's what really attracted me to, to this project, because a lot of times, you know, we see people who are polished and or successful, you know, um, um, sort of being the heroes or, you know, the, the light is shined upon them. And I think that there are a lot more people who can relate to these guys' stories who are out there struggling to make ends meet and still love their kids and is still trying to figure that out. So I've, I've, I felt like this was the perfect uh, project to shine a light there, you know, where it's most needed.
0: There are so many forces that are pushing against these four men. Can you talk about yeah. some of them?
1: Well, I mean, obviously there's the financial part of things, you know, just the economic climate, um that you know certain people are in within the country i think that uh underneath it you know everyone's carrying their own uh parental history you know what what they come from and what they were raised around um you know i mean education can come into play down the line but it's it's and then what is the relationship with the woman you know the the mothers of these children and how that comes into play I, i think those are kind of the four pillars um of what are I call them heroes, of what these guys are going through.
0: One thing that you and your fellow filmmakers have pointed out is that in this society, a man's financial role in a child's life is uh, more important than his emotional one, according to the system.
1: Yeah, and I think that that sucks. And I understand um, just in terms of history, um, you know, 40, 50 years ago, how those things needed to be balanced out but I think that we're at a time now where a a, a father's worth is certainly not in his wallet it's in his heart and and we're really trying to emphasize that to inspire kids who you know will be fathers one day and also to re-inspire guys who who may already be fathers and may be in a bad situation to inspire them to turn the page and and uh, progress and grow but with our guys in the film you know they want to be there for their kids, and they're, all four of them are fighting in their own ways to, to actively you know, help parent their children, and that's why I see them as heroes.
0: You talk about them wanting to be part of their children's lives, and also the others who are left, the, the fathers who just depart without wanting to be part of their children's lives. How do you overcome something like that, where the fathers, to use the title of the film, Daddy Don't Go, When the Daddy Does Go?
1: Yeah, and I, and that's what's plaguing, I think, our society is that there are so many men out there who just walk away from um, from their kids, and I, and it's and it's sad, and it's there are lasting effects um, on the kids when you plague a child with that that rift, that void that that you know they carry that for the rest of their lives, and it, and it's horrible, and it's very hard to overcome. I know for me, I was fortunate and blessed to have just. A great mom who was, who was strong enough to carry that weight, and, um, and for me to progress and, and become a father myself, uh, I just can't imagine. There's there's like no force in this world that could keep me away from my kid. There are a lot of men who are better off than the guys in these films, and and they aren't being responsible, you know, for 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 parenting their children. And so hopefully this this documentary can crack crack the whip over guys like that and have them step up to the plate. But if we're honest with ourselves, we'll admit that too many fathers are also missing. Too many fathers are M.I.A. Too many fathers are A.W.O.L., missing from too many lives and too many homes. They've abandoned their responsibilities. They're acting like boys instead of men. And the foundations of our family have suffered because of it. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community.
0: President Obama has been outspoken about the problems of kids growing up without a present father. He grew up without a present father. He said he he wanted to have a father who was not only there, but, but involved in his life. Has this been an influence upon people, the fact that the man who's the leader of the free world Knows what it's like.
1: Yeah, I think I think in certain communities, that that's a very visceral thing, and it's a sign of our times that you know the 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 president of the United States, you know, grew up without a father, and and happens to be certainly half black, but like this is a very real thing. I think it's a pandemic within the urban community, and it's something that we really have to take a hold of because. What's to come a generation or two generations from now. And then when you look at the studies of just many different studies where mostly kids that grow up in two parent homes are better off in life as people. They have a whole different foundation as as, you know, emotionally, mentally, I think even spiritually. I think women are heroes just in general. It's just, you know, in this world there's so many amazing women, but I think as a man we've got to we've got to reclaim our fatherhood. And, and, and our place within the family structure and, and be proud of that. And, and hopefully this, this documentary is a, is a part of that process.
0: What else do you think needs to change in society to make that possible?
1: Well, we need to hold ourselves accountable as men first. There are many valid excuses, but at the end of the day, you see people fighting through challenges that seem insurmountable. And I think that these four young men are, are part of that picture. These guys should be an inspiration to show that, you know, you don't need a a degree, you know, to be a good parent, to be a good father. You just have to connect to that love within yourself. I told myself I'm not going to be no deadbeat father. For me to be a deadbeat father, I got to be dead and somebody got to beat me up. If I got to go to jail, I'll go to jail for my kids. Any day of the week, I'll go to jail for them. I fought to get my kids. I fought to get them out of foster care. I fought to get them help. I I can't sleep until I know my kids are comfortable.
0: You have a baby. You have to. You don't live for yourself anymore. You have to live for your kids. Since President Obama was a boy, the number of kids growing up without their fathers has almost tripled. The number of of children living in poverty has almost tripled. Does marriage matter? Does it make any difference?
1: That's a good question. A good marriage matters, certainly. I don't think that it's about the traditional marriage in that sense. It's about a solid family structure, whatever that may be, and everyone sort of pitching in and playing their roles. People coming from a solid family structure, meaning whether it's a woman who's, you know, with a man who may not be the father of the child that she has, or, you know, whether it's two women raising a child, two men raising a child. At the end of the day... Is there a solid foundation? Is there is there love there? Is there understanding there? And are the two people fighting to parent their children? That's really what it comes down to. I met my father for the first time when I was 28 years old. When I had children, my children were going to know who their father was.
0: Yeah. Some years ago, there was a Will Smith film called The Pursuit of Happiness. And I was thinking yeah. about that as I was watching your documentary. It seemed like a fairy tale by comparison.
1: You know, that can happen in life. I mean, you know, when we uh, premiered at the New York Doc Film Festival, someone stood up at the end. We had our guys there and it was a nice Q&A with the crowd. And Nelson, the Latino guy who, you know, he's been looking for a job. And some woman said, you know, so did you find a job? And he said, no, I'm still looking. And she's like, call me. You know, I, I have something for you. That's amazing to me. So it, because he's still in the fight, it, you never know when the opportunity is going to present itself. But if you're not in a fight, it's not going to happen.
0: It took two years to make this film, to follow each of the four men with their own stories.
1: It took two years because there was a lot going on and trying to weave this into, a you know, to try to not have it feel like a downer um, at the at the end of, of, of the film. Um, we wanted it to feel like a story of hope and redemption. And, you know, the guys, they're living their real lives. You know, they aren't like scripted characters, so they were faced with the adversities and you know, one of them's getting locked up, and so we had to wait for this and shoot around that. And um, But again, it just goes, bit. they're all still in the battle.
0: About 50 years ago, an LBJ administration official named Daniel Patrick Moynihan wrote what became known as the Moynihan Report. Have you heard of it?
1: I have not heard of
0: this. Uh, Moynihan said he wanted the White House to look to remedies beyond civil rights legislation, but the report was hugely controversial. It infuriated liberals and African-American leaders for focusing less on biased institutions like the prison system and schools and workplace. And more on a fragmented black family, which the report said was created in part not only by slavery, but by Jim Crow laws. So Moynihan didn't lay blame at the feet of ongoing institutions, but he did point out that problems for poor single-parent black families put the kids in those families at a disadvantage.
1: People believe what they want to believe, but beyond the ideologies of right and left, there are just factual things when it comes to race in this country, when it comes to the justice system and it, when it comes to the economic system in this country that if you come from a, a, a particular background, the system, as it were, is not set up to make it life easy for you. There are a lot more people who are not of color who are having the, those similar experiences. I mean, look, Eminem is one of the biggest rappers in the world. He didn't grow up with his father. You know, Steve mm-hmm. Jobs is, you know, an icon. He didn't grow up with his father. So I think this is, it's a more of a universal story now than just it being in the black community, but certain, certainly at the crux of it in the black community, it, when you don't come from a strong family structure, it doesn't bode well for the product of that. I think there are a lot more uh, young white people who are, who are impoverished as well, who are experiencing that in their way, you know, in their world, but it's going to bring you back to the same emotion. You're going to be angry. You're going to feel frustrated. And there's a sense of hopelessness to that.
0: Did working on this documentary change your thinking about this problem?
1: If anything, it just sort of uh, ignited a, a, a different type of fire in me because it's one thing to to have a kid who's like an infant or a toddler, but, you know, my oldest is about to go to college in another year. So it's I'm, I'm thinking about that part of my fatherhood on a completely different level, like to have the, your child under the protection of your own home and that sort of thing is one thing. But when they're old enough that they're going to make their own life and go out there in the world, for me to think about, you know, my child traveling to certain places or whether it's, you know, going to certain neighborhoods, the school, you know, the school shooting that just happened at UCLA out here, you know, these are things that you think differently about when your child is closer to being in that arena and we're all connected. So we all have a, a certain sense of responsibility towards one another. But it all starts in the home. Did your father
0: ever come back into your life?
1: No, no. My, my father uh, left when I was uh, two. I tracked him down in my early 20s and then tracked him down in my, my you know late 30s. And it's just I've been tracking him down to try to just build from from here on out but the best way to describe that is it's a monologue it's not a dialogue Mm -hmm. you can't really if only one person is putting in then you know what is what really exists between those two people i've tried to give him a chance to for us to get to know one another because certainly there's something about his story prior to me being born that fed into you know why he wasn't there my fatherhood is one of my biggest accomplishments and it's one of my biggest accomplishments because I didn't have a hands-on blueprint, you know, of how to, there's no manual to parenthood, but certainly my son will have a a completely different blueprint when it's time for him to, to become a father based on the fact that his father was in his life and is in his life. When Mm -hmm. you, when you don't have that, you're sort of flying by the seat of your pants and, and I say this humbly, but I'm just saying for those young men who may look up to me because I, I come from where they come from, and I've you know made a certain amount of success for myself. And it's you know it's not about the material, and it's not about the glamour and the glitz. It's about what you're doing every day when the cameras off. You know, having your kids grow up to be uh, good people, productive citizens—that's like the greatest joy, and it's it's forever.
0: Mar Epps, Happy Father's Day.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you, Happy Father's Day to all the guys out, there, all the fathers out
0: there. Pat Morrison asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's engineered and edited by Todd G. Levin. The music is Stevie Wonder's "Isn't She Lovely" and "Like Father, Like Son" by The Game. The clip of Will Smith is from Columbia Pictures, "The Pursuit of Happiness." I am Pat Morrison.